in our complicated world today, there's actually some things that unite us all. Here's what I mean. I bet there's something today that you take a great deal of pleasure in. It may be watching sports or going to the movies. There's something that you are invested in, right? Your time, your money, your energy are given towards an education, maybe a house, your family. There's something also that you're trusting in. It might be the government or you might be trusting in your own strengths or abilities. Finally, there's, there's something that you hope for. Perhaps you hope for a restored relationship or to succeed in a certain thing. Now, there's a biblical word that describes all of this, and the, the word is worship. You were created to take pleasure in something, to invest in something, to trust in something, and to hope for something. And that, that something is actually not a something at all, but rather a someone. And that someone is God, not... And not just any God, but the supreme, the sovereign, living creator God of the Bible. This God created the world and everything in it. This God is Lord of heaven and earth. In fact, he's so, he's so big, if we can use that term, that he doesn't actually live in church buildings made of brick and mortar. The heavens cannot contain him. Scripture says the galaxy is far too small. He is so powerful that he is never in need of anything. And he sustains all of creation. He is the one who brings summer and winter, the one who gives you and I every single breath. We wouldn't last one second without his sustaining power. This God has made all of us from one man named Adam. This means we are inseparably joined together as family. We even share in some common family traits. Unfortunately, we, we struggle with sin. And we have to deal with death. And personally, I hate seeing the pain and destruction my own sin causes. I hate knowing that one day the bodies of my very own family members, my children, myself, will be lowered into a grave. That's why I teach my children there's hope. This God determined when and where each of us would live. And he did it for this reason, that we might seek him and find him. Now, that may sound challenging, but try to imagine this, a tiny fish swimming around in a great big ocean, desperately searching for water. That's exactly like us, drowning in our sin and our problems and asking the question, where is God? He is not far from you. In fact, it's in him that you live. He is sustaining you with every heartbeat and every breath. You couldn't escape his presence today if you wanted to. This God is not like the things that we worship. He's not like our favorite football team or our, or our favorite car or our house or career. We often try to find comfort in these things, but the comfort and help they provide is not lasting. At best, these are temporary distractions from our pain and our problems. This God actually knows who we are. He cares for you. He sees your struggles. He hears your cries for help. In fact, he has answered your cry for help by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for your sins, to raise him from the grave so that one day, a day like today, he could reach down from heaven and rescue you from yourself. This God joined our family in the person of Jesus Christ. 
He took on flesh and blood and a human nature like ours. He experienced what it was like to be hungry and thirsty and tired. He was tempted in every way we are, yet he never gave in. He was completely obedient to the Father in every way, including laying down his life as a sinless sacrifice for our sins. When Jesus was crucified, another man was scheduled to be crucified too. His name was Barabbas. He was a guilty thief and murderer who deserved the coming execution. But Jesus was crucified in his place and the guilty man, Barabbas, was set free. This is called a substitutionary sacrifice because it should have been us. But the only one who could have opened his mouth and declared, I'm innocent, scripture says he kept his mouth shut. He took our place and he experienced the punishment that we deserved. You were created by this God and for this God. You were created to take pleasure in Jesus. Jesus spoke with a woman who came to draw water from a well, having been married five times. He said to her, if you continue to drink of this water, you will only get thirsty again. But if you drink of the water that I will give you, and he spoke in reference to God's spirit inside of her, you will never thirst again. The psalmist David would say, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And the psalmist David would say, my cup runs over. You were created not only to take pleasure in Jesus, but you were created to invest in Jesus. Jesus said, count the cost. Whoever does not give up all that he has cannot follow me. We were created to give everything to Jesus, our spouse, our children, our education, our career, our hopes, our dreams. He wants it all fully invested in loving, obeying, and serving him. Simply put, he wants us to lay down our plans and embrace his plan. You were created to take pleasure in Jesus, to invest in Jesus, and you were created to trust in Jesus. God has put eternity in your heart. You had a conception date, you have a death date, but you do not have an expiration date. God has created you to live eternally. You've got perhaps 60 to 80 years here, but most of your existence will be experienced elsewhere. With whom today are you entrusting your eternity? If you're trusting in yourself, then you're not strong enough. Jesus alone is the wisdom and power of God. From the beginning, you were created to entrust your eternity with Jesus Christ. You were created to hope for Jesus. When Jesus returns to this earth, he is bringing his kingdom, his government with him from heaven. And when his kingdom arrives, it will destroy beyond recovery every other kingdom and nation and thing of this world. There was a day Jesus was mocked as a king. Roman soldiers placed a crown of thorns on his head. They gave him a purple robe, a wooden staff. They mockingly bowed down to pay homage to him and then rose to beat him with that same wooden scepter. But the psalm declares that when Jesus returns, he will shatter the nations to pieces like a potter's vessel. He will rule them with a rod of iron. No one will take that scepter from his hands ever again. And he will once and for all establish a kingdom on earth in eternal righteousness. You were created to hope for this day. In fact, Jesus told us to pray for its coming. Your kingdom come, your will be done. This God who loves you, he sees you, he hears you, 
He has been speaking to you through his word and his spirit. He commands all people everywhere to repent. To repent is to turn from worshiping the things of this world in order to worship Jesus Christ alone. God has scheduled a day in which the resurrected Jesus Christ will judge the world in righteousness. This God will be ignored by most of this world. Most will continue in their own personal pursuits. They'll choose temporary pleasures of sin over the eternal joys of a relationship with God. People will be so busy with their own plans that they will fail to prepare for God's plan of the day of judgment. The question for you is personal. How will you respond to this God? God says that today is the day of salvation. And if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Open your heart and call on the name of Jesus so that you can live and serve Jesus today in his kingdom forever. It can start today. If you do not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, the scripture says that you simply admit to God that you are a sinner deserving of his righteous judgment. Scripture says that you simply believe and place your faith in Jesus, that he died on the cross for your sins, that he rose from the grave to save you from your sins and from death. And you must confess your trust in Jesus as Lord and Master of all. That is, you you give up your plans and surrender to his plan for your life. Our world is complicated today. Your world is difficult. But there is one who has the wisdom, power, and love to do something about it and to give you hope in this context. You have been created to love him, to know him, to take joy in him, to place your trust in him, to invest your being, all of your being in knowing him and living for his kingdom. His plan is not only good, it is eternal. And that can begin for you today by you placing your trust in Jesus. Scripture says very clearly, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Scripture says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. My friend, God is faithful and he will be faithful to rescue you if you will reach out to him today.